We're celebrating the ladies today, if you hadn't figured that out yet. Ladies! Yeah, I'm not singing. (laughs) Not too bad, right? Not too bad. Hey, listen, we are excited that you're here. We're excited about the baptisms, obviously. We're excited about the women in our lives. And so we decided we're not going to just celebrate Mother's Day next week and give you one week. We want to do a two-week series called The Better Half and celebrate the women and their importance in our lives and honor them. Uh, hopefully not just today, hopefully not just next Sunday, to make that a pattern and a habit of our lives. And so to kick that off, I thought I would share 10 reasons why it's good to be a woman. And now there's no gender confusion on my part, but I'm going to read it as one of you, okay? (laughs) Bear with me. No. (laughs) Number one, we got off the Titanic first. Number two, taxis actually stopped for us. Number three, we don't look like a frog in a blender when dancing. Number four, no fashion faux pas we could make would ever rival the Speedo. Number five, if we forget to shave, no one has to know. Number six, we can congratulate teammates without touching their rear end. Number five, we have the ability to dress ourselves. Number six, if we marry someone 20 years younger than us, we realize we look stupid. (laughs) You like that, didn't you? Number 10, chocolate really can solve some of our problems. And number 10, when we we can talk about men around men because they're not listening anyway. So. (laughs) So let me just go on record by saying 42 years on this planet, I'm not, I'm not uh, stretching the truth at all to say you women are the better half. That is uh, without question. And we appreciate you and we love you. See, without women, no one would ever use conditioner. Nobody in this room would know how to tie their shoes. And we'd all be extremely malnourished. So we love you. We thank you for all that you do. No, seriously, women, seriously, uh, I've just, as my observation in ministry and in life, it is the women that are the glue in families that hold families together. They are the glue that hold families together. And generally speaking, women, women outserve men in the local church. And they are sort of the glue that holds the church together. So we want to honor you women as God intended that for us to. And, um, Uh, I think there's a misconception perhaps in Christianity and perhaps using the Bible that somehow somewhere along the way, Christianity or the Bible is anti-women. And and I'm here to say it couldn't be more further from the truth. And I think there's a few veins of thinking out there that would say that, but can I be as very clear as I can possibly be? God says it this way. I created men and women in my image. You're both made in my image. And I created you both equal. You are equal with one another with the same rights and importance and responsibilities. And women play an essential role in the home and in the church and in our society. I know that's what God says because that's what God's word says. But can I also say this? Women are under extreme pressure today. I mean, I just see see it all over the place. I think women are being... um, um, exploited more than they've ever been perhaps in history. When you think of sex trafficking and abuse that's going on today, it it bothers me to think that those things are true in this day and age. That's what's happening to some women. 
It also bothers me to think that uh, in more common places, women are exploited in our homes and in our churches, in our community. And here's what I've noticed. Over the last 50 years, I've been around for most of that time. For the last 50 years, women's role in the workplace, in the market, in politics, in society at large is growing and growing and growing. And what I think that means is the pressure that women feel is growing and growing. In fact, I was shocked to see of all the divorces in the United States, over time, the divorce rate that women filing divorces in our country has steadily increased for the last 35 to 40 years. In fact, today, 70% of all divorces are are filed by women in our country. And that tells me something, women under enormous stress and pressure. So here's what I would say. If you get anything out of what I'm gonna talk about today, here's what I think our responsibility is. To protect what is beautiful about a woman. As a society and as a church and in your home and with the women that you know, that we all have a responsibility to protect what is so beautiful about a woman. Says she has a beauty that this world needs. Uh, let me just tell you a little story. This is uh, uh, this was happening several years ago when our kids were really little, and uh, I've got a daughter and then a son and a daughter. They're all within like three years of each other, so they kind of grew up together. And my boy, whenever they would come running from the other room, and you know he had like a club in his hand, and my daughter was holding her head. Kind of get the picture, right? Dane hit me. Dane hurt me. I would pull Dane aside. And after his spanking, we won't get into all that, but after his spanking, I would say, listen, why did God make boys strong? To hurt the girls or to protect the girls? And he has, I'm telling you, dozens and dozens of dozens of times, my son has had to say back to me, God made me to protect the girls to protect them. I said, that's it, son. So if you don't learn anything else from me, you've got to learn this. God has put you in a, in a woman's life to be her protector, to care for her, to be there for her. And so that one runs deep with me. And I hope it runs deep with my son. I want you, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn them into Luke chapter 10. We're going to look at a, if you've been around the block in the Christian world, you've seen Luke chapter 10 taught before when it comes to women. It's a story maybe familiar to you about Mary and Martha, two sisters. But I think this story, uh, I'm going to give it a little different twist today. And I think maybe it really identifies something about a woman that uh, is so needed and necessary in our world. So with that being said, let me read on. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Now that sounds like hosting an event, doesn't it? You're running around crazy so other people have a good time. That's what was happening to Martha. And so she came to Jesus and this is what she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work myself? She said, listen, time out, God. Why am I stuck doing all the work and Mary's sitting at your feet? So a little cat fight ensues right in the house. And Martha's trying to pull Jesus into the argument a little bit. And here's what most pastors say when they come to this passage. They say, these two sisters were very different. 
And Martha was the doer kind of mentality, the type A gal. She got things done. She ran the household. She's the older sister. That was her role. And Mary maybe was the little flightier or maybe the little more spiritual one. And so she sat at Jesus' feet and she was enjoying conversation with him. Well, that may or may not be true, but I'm taking a different angle at it. Here's what I think. I think Martha and Mary show us something about what it means to be a woman. I think both Martha and Mary show us what it means for a woman to have a nurturing spirit about her. In fact, I would say this, if you combine the two, if you combine all what's great about Martha and all what's great about Mary, I think you really start getting to the heart of what's in a woman. See, the one, Mary, chose to be with Jesus, didn't she? She's sitting at his feet. She's relational. She's enjoying conversation. Do women like to talk? Do you serenade your husbands to sleep at night when you're talking? I dig that. Women are relational. Mary's enjoying relationship and she's, she's asking questions and she's sitting at the Lord's feet and this glorious conversation has happened. On the flip side, Martha is doing for them. And I think that's the other piece of what it means to be a woman. Not only do they long for relationship and conversation that is meaningful and fulfilling in life, I think they have a deep need and desire to meet the needs of the people they love that are around them. Martha and Mary together show us what it means to be a woman, I believe. And it's not a function of personality or preference. I know this because if you look at a different passage in John chapter 11, you see these two sisters. And I just want to show this to you quickly. It's not Martha's one way and Mary's another way. So that's the way I am or that's the way I am. I think there's something in the heart of a woman that resonates with both of those women. There's a part of me that so longs to be Mary and sit at people's feet and talk. And there's something in me that longs to be Martha to meet every need in my family and in my, in my, in my sphere of influence. But this is what it says in, Luke, in John eleven twenty. 20. It says this, when Martha heard, now let me just step back a second. Their brother Lazarus had passed away and Jesus had waited to come. And as he comes finally to their village, Lazarus had been dead for three days. And he approaches the village. It says this, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. She ran out of the home to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. You say, well, there it is again. Martha's going and doing something and Mary's just chilling out. But, but hang on a second. Martha is seeking out Christ and, and, and seeking him in relationship, but, but Mary stays at home. And the reason why she stays at home is because she's bound to be there. See, when the Hebrews or the Jewish people grieved a loss and they had a, they had a loss in their family, the family and friends would gather from all over and they'd come in the home and it was customary for the, for the host of the home to sit and let others cry with them and weep with them and bereave with them and reminisce with them. And so Mary is bound by all of her responsibility to stay and to entertain all those people who had come to grieve Lazarus' death. And so we see exactly the opposite happening in this story. Mary does what she has to do to meet the needs of people around her. And Martha's running off to be with Jesus. So it's not just that Mary was one thing and Martha was another thing. I believe that the roles are flipped because inside of every woman, there's these two competing desires happening. 
the desire to be with people in an authentic way and the desire to meet the needs of people in a very tangible way. There's the the desire for relationship and there's the duty of responsibility. Any of you women feel that that tension, that that um, that pulling, that uh, sense of of trying to satisfy two completely different desires within you? Anybody would just fess up to that and say, "I feel that on a daily basis." Yeah, yeah. And if I had to guess the way you would guess, I'm willing to guess that most of you would say my tendency is to get really busy meeting the needs of people. I kind of I kind of uh, default to that that setting. What I'm getting at is this: it's not a personality thing or a preference thing. The bigger idea here is that they, the, together these two sisters reveal what's in the very heart of a woman, and it's this: their nature is to nurture. Every woman here, your nature is to nurture whether that be through conversation and relationship or putting band-aids on knees or being there to talk about boyfriends to wait late in the night, you are there to nurture the people around you in a way that guys just can't do it. And can I tell you, as someone that has observed women in my life for 42 years, it is a beautiful thing to behold. I mean, there's something there that isn't in me I'll never forget when, when Gabriel was nursing our children, uh, she breastfed, kind of got me out of the job. I was all for it. It worked great. And so she, was, she would wake up in the night and feed the kids. And I got to the point where I didn't even notice she was out of the bed, right? And we had a little rocking chair next to the bed that she'd be feeding our children. And occasionally I'd actually wake up, like maybe get a little too loud or something. I'm not holding a grudge or anything, but, you know, uh, maybe got a little too loud and, Um, And I'd look over, and if I was up at 3 a.m. feeding my kid for the third time, I'd be probably pretty upset about it. But my wife's rocking our children, singing to our children, stroking the cheek of our little child, and lovingly, affectionately blessing and, 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 and nurturing that child like I don't, I could not. No man in here is able to do. And I flip over and right before I drift back off to sleep, I think, man, that's beautiful. I mean, that's beautiful. I don't know, I don't have that gene in me. There's something missing right here that doesn't have that capacity like she has that capacity, but that she's got it and every woman in this room's got it. That means one thing, that the rest of us desperately need that in our lives. I mean, you bring something to the table that if this world was just men and just kids, we would be hopefully, hopelessly lost without. See, a woman's nature to nurture compels them to two things, to be with people and to care for people to be with people and to care for people. And I find, at least as I observe women, that those two things often uh, conflict with one another. And it's, in fact, in spring break, uh, just a few weeks ago, we were whole kids off. We did a staycation and that sounded really good to me because I'm really cheap. And I'm like, we can just stay home, do a couple cool things around Atlanta. And my wife's like, yeah, I would love to spend time with the family, but here's the deal. I'm gonna be freaking out about our house being a mess all the time. Say, say what? 
No, you don't understand. That's going to bug me to death. Unless we get this house picked up, that's going to be in the back of my brain. That's going to be bugging me. That's gonna, I'm not going to be able to relax and enjoy the staycation, you genius, unless the house is clean. I said, oh, never thought of that. And so we took time. I think we did a pretty good job. Every day said, okay, it's cleanup time. For mama sanity, we're cleaning the house. Because there's something about her. She wants to be with us and she wants to, to, to nurture a relationship, yet she's got responsibilities that just don't go away. See, when I punch out, I can punch out. I can turn my phone off. Mama can't do that. I can tell you their, nat- their nature to nurture is a beautiful thing. And I think these two women represent that. They also represent the struggle I think most women feel, feeling torn between these two. The battle that rages inside of you to, to want to nurture, but yet feeling so tied down to the responsibilities. So I think we need to protect what's so beautiful about a woman, don't you? I mean, I think that all of us need to take a step towards that and the responsibility of protecting that nurturing nature in every woman we know. And so here's what I would say. We've got to do our part. And I'd say this, it's to all of our benefit. It's to every single one of our benefits to protect what is beautiful about a woman. I mean, it benefits them, obviously, if they know uh, their brother and their dad and their husband and their kids and the uncle and all the men in their life are serious about protecting what's beautiful about a woman. I think it benefits, obviously, the family and everybody associated with them. If that beauty is coming out, it blesses us and does for us in a way that is unspeakable. And so it's to everyone's benefit that we protect this. So how is the question? How do we go about doing that? Go back to our story because our story, Jesus says himself, if you want to do the right thing, if you feel this tension inside of you, if you're struggling with being with and doing for people, the the relationship and the responsibility, here's what you do. Jesus says it like this. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus said, listen, I get it. I know there's a tension there. I know you're hosting this thing. I realize that there's, there's this issues and problems that aren't going away, but you've got to understand something. When push comes to the shove, there's a better choice for you. I want something for you that is better. And Jesus said, listen, we've got to protect what's most beautiful about you. And so we need to have a game plan to do it. In that one sentence, Jesus says a lot of things here. Here's what he said. The first thing he says is there's only a few things needed. He said, you've got all these things on your mind and all these preparations and you're worried about dinner. You're worried about breakfast tomorrow. You've got all these things. You're worried about who's going to sleep where and all this stuff. Listen, there's all these things going on in your head. There's only a few things that are needed. I'm I'm amazed, 19 years of marriage, how amazing and beautiful and complicated the mind of a woman is. I mean, it's it's deep. I go for a swim time sometimes, I don't come back. It's deep. I've heard someone explain it this way. Men are like waffles. 
Men are like waffles. You get some information, we find one of those holes to stick it in. We compartmentalize our information. And I've taught on this before, that men actually suffer two times in their life brain damage. And there's a reason we're this way. When we're in the womb and, at, and then at uh, adolescence again, there's a testosterone wash that happens in the mind of a male that causes brain damage. And so one side of our brain doesn't communicate so well with the other side of our brain. That's why when something bad happens here, we can still just be excited about something else over here and the two shall never meet. We're a very simple, scary animal, I agree. Now, if we're waffles, women are like spaghetti where the the noodles are just laying all top of each other and everything, this is what's so crazy, everything is connected to everything else. There is no move I can make that won't come back up later. There is some amazing way that it'll come back into the conversation. Because that's how their minds work. It's all, you not separating noodles. It's all together, baby. And I might be sugar talking my honey, but if I didn't mow the grass, those two noodles are connected. (laughs) So the mind of a woman is a beautiful thing, but it causes them to worry about what? A great many things. A great many things. Guys, if we're full and we've gotten good sleep, We're pretty happy. I'll be honest with you. That's why women are so intuitive and sensitive. How many of you can say, if I could walk in a room, my mom would know something's wrong with me before I had to say a word? They know. I don't know how they know. They just know. My wife has told me over the years in ministry, watch out for that person. I'm like, what do you mean? Just watch out for that person. Okay. And I've learned over the years, there's an intuitive nature about her I don't have. And when I was young in ministry and I thought I knew everything and my waffles were all lined up, I would say, okay, whatever. I have learned she's always right. (laughs) Doesn't mean I'm wrong. She's always right. That mind is what makes her remember that the mother-in-law needs a present on her birthday. I'm so glad for that. That mind is the one that can move the laundry from the washer to the dryer at 2 a.m. in the morning because that noodle got connected somehow. I have no idea, but it's connected. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. A woman wants her household perfect, clean, pillows in just the right place and at the right angle. Kids perfect, clothes perfect, teeth perfect, ear perfect. Got to look, I mean, like looking in holes and places. I don't look. Got to be perfect. You've given up on your husband being perfect. I mean, I get that. I get that. But you got dinner to think about and a career to think about and there's all these things to to be kept up with and so the mind of a woman takes all of that and processes all that where a guy can forget about it, a woman does not. And so here's what I'd say. Some women gotta learn how to let go of all these worries, of all these great many things. And guys and kids, you know this was coming. You, We've gotta help them out. Because the word is to simplify. 
We've got to figure out how to simplify. Jesus said, you're worried about a great many things, but there's only a few things, really only one that's most important. And so my challenge to the women is that you'd figure out how you can simplify your life and guys and kids that we do our part to help them simplify their life. Help them out. Do your part. Paying the bill isn't just your part. In fact, let me say it this way. If you're old enough to carry your own cell phone, you're old enough to take care of yourself. And I'm talking to the dads. (laughs) All right? I shouldn't have to have my wife take care of me. She's got three of those that are really needy all the time. I can help simplify her life. I have had buddies that said, oh man, I went on this trip. My wife packed it all for me. I didn't have to do a thing. I'm thinking, you're a loser. You can't pack your own bag. No wonder you dress so funny. No. (laughs) Simplify. Jesus said it, didn't he? You worried about a great many things. But maybe in this moment, women, all that other stuff doesn't go away, but maybe in the moment, you just focus on the one thing or the few things. And he let some other things go. Jesus also said this. He said, you're worried and upset. He said, you're worried and upset. And so his words to us is, listen, it's, it's not that you don't have emotions. It's not that you'll never worry, but somehow, somehow we've got to figure a way to overcome those emotions. We've got to learn how to deal with those emotions. My wife, my God bless her, my wife, this is a disease every woman has. My sister's this way, my wife's this way, my mother's this way, every woman I know's this way. You worry about scenarios that haven't even happened yet. And I go like, this isn't hypothetical, right? She's like, yeah. Don't you get it how bad this is? And I go, mm, I'm gonna be in another room. Because <laughs> there's no good answer. He said, you're worried and upset about a great many things. And look, I know women are emotional. God bless you. I'm glad that you're emotional. I wouldn't want to be married to a dude. You can quote me on that one. You can put that on a t-shirt if you want. I mean, I'm so glad women are not like us because guys, we're pretty boring. I sit in a circle with guys all the time. What's your prayer request? Oh, work, marriage, kids. You got any more than that? Uh, Kids bad. (laughs) Work bad. Marriage bad. I'm like, okay. You ask a woman, man, it's like, wow. It's on. So it's not that we change our emotions. Our emotions are our emotions, but somehow we overcome our emotions by, here's the deal, leading our emotions. We learn how to lead our emotions. Maybe we, we temper them with the word of God. Maybe we temper them with what's true. Maybe we temper them with big perspective. But in all that, we can overcome our emotions. And in fact, Jesus said this in John 14, 1. He said this, do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. He's saying, listen, you're going to be tempted to let your heart be overwhelmed by emotion. You're going to feel overwhelmed by all the responsibilities in your life. You're going to feel overwhelmed by the emotions of your life. And so here's my thing for you. Trust me. Trust that I'm a big God. 
Trust that I'm a good God. Trust that I'm the God that's for you, that I've got your best interest in mind. And if you will come to me and put your faith in me and you'll trust in me in this situation, you lean into me, I am enough. I'm enough. So don't let your heart be troubled. See, worry, I hate to break it to us, worry is a faith issue. And when we choose to worry instead of we choose to trust, that's a choice we make to not have faith in that moment. And Jesus said, listen, Martha, you're, you're freaking out. Just trust in me. He's, I'm sure he's like thinking, you got dinner to make, but you know, you, I don't know if you heard about the little trick with the loaves and the fish I did. I can take care of dinner. It's gonna be all right. I can make it happen. And when God, when you're in that moment, whether you're in your work or you're feeling pressured, ladies, from all the other responsibilities of your life, God is simply saying, I've got you. I got you. I, I feel you. I know you're hurting. I know you're overwhelmed. I know you're stressed out, but I'm still God and I got you. So God says, listen, Jesus told her to simplify. God, Jesus told her to overcome her emotions and, and trust in him. And the last thing, if I could say it in a little acronym is SOS. We need help with this, don't we? The last one is just sit with Jesus. Because he said, you're worried about great many things and you're upset about all this stuff. But then he said, listen, only one thing's needed. That one thing. He says, I'm that one thing. Mary has chosen what's best. She's chosen to sit with me. She's chosen to be near me in relationship with me. He said, if you let anything and everything else go, if, if the laundry doesn't get done, if, if your boss is upset with you because you miss a deadline, it, whatever, if your kids look like a dork going to school, but you don't miss me, you've chosen the better thing. You've chosen the better thing. You've chosen to spend time with me, to sit with me, to let other things go because God himself is our fulfillment, isn't he? And here's what I'd say, ladies. When you're near him, when you're at the feet of Jesus and you're spending time with him, there is a glow about you that this world needs. And when you're spending time near the savior, the beauty of what it means to be a woman is magnified. That naturing, the nature of nurturing is magnified. And so he's saying, listen, you can let other things fall down, but spend time with me and sit at my feet. God says, get alone with me. Let me, here's the deal. God wants to tell you how worthy you are, how loved you are, how beautiful you are, how accepted you are. When your knucklehead husband doesn't tell you those things, God's ready to tell you those things. So that's what we celebrate this morning. We celebrate you, ladies. We thank you for all that you are and all that you bring and all that you do. If this, um, if this could start a habit in the men and the, in the grandfathers and the husbands and the fathers and the, and the siblings, the brothers, and, and the men in our church and the men in this community to say, listen, we value, we respect, we honor all that is precious about a woman, that it's not just a token effect on a mother's day, but it is something that is lasting and meaningful than God has done what he intended to do here today. And so my prayer has been that we would just honor our women in such a way it's not contrived, it's not um, 
It's not fake or phony in any measure. It is a sincere gratitude for all that you are and not just all that you do. So guys, can I challenge you to care for them, to help them live in this kind of balance, to not be critical of the differences that are between men and women, but to enjoy them, to celebrate them, to laugh at them, to honor them. You know, this coming Saturday, we're gonna do a women's appreciation banquet as a church because we're serious about letting you know how much we care about you. The guys are gonna cook. The guys are gonna dress up. The guys are gonna clean up after. The guys are gonna serve you because we just want you to know that we honor you. You're gonna hear more about that in a minute, all the details. But we want you to come so we can just express our gratitude to you. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, we thank you that in your divine providence, you made male and you made female and you made us very different. And God, the beauty that you've put in a woman is so unique and so stunning. It can capture the heart of a man like nothing else. I thank you for each woman in this room. God, I pray they leave here full of you, sitting at not worried about the great many things, but content in that one thing. And God, I pray you lay such a conviction on the rest of us that we would take serious our, our responsibility to protect what is so beautiful about this nurturing creature that you've put into our lives. May they be blessed. God, may you be glorified as we now sing your praise in Jesus' name, amen.